Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet, kind of miraculously. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Dutch to the Torx. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Howdy. How was your weekend? It was good. A lot of sports. I got to watch my cousin play uh, select baseball up here. They made the trip up for a tournament, so that was cool. See some family. Radical. How yeah. do you do? They won. Like the whole tournament? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Did he hit like a double? Yeah. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> Today's Monday, October 12th, 2020. 45 days till Thanksgiving episode 1045, right? Yeah, 1,045. Yeah, because it was supposed to be that on Friday, but 1,045, the Mickey Tettleton episode. On today's show, Mi Amigos, y Mi Amigas, um, we will have an hour. We'll do it live. F it, we'll do it live. We've got Monday morning follow-up. We're reacting to the football weekend. We'll talk with the head coach of the Aubrey Chaparrales, Coach Keith Ivey. Uh, they did something that they haven't done in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. We'll talk with Aubrey coach uh, Keith Ivey coming up here in a moment. And we'll reveal the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. We will unveil the newest members of the UIL 100 lists. We've got some other Mr. Texas football stuff, etc. Round it all out with a nice campus crawl. A look at the 12 FPS teams in the state of Texas. So don't miss it. This is a show that is going to be sportsy. Fact. Do we have first, fourth, fifth, or? We sure do. It was Andrew Christensen, Alan Shepard, Rob Hathaway, who's watching from Cabo, first off, and Allison Brown. Also, shout out to uh, Matt Stepp. Happy Thanksgiving. He's up in Cambridge. Ah. It is actual Thanksgiving for him today. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, happy Thanksgiving to the Steps. What, uh, what a jerk. Can't believe you could say that. <laughs> it's not to the Thanksgiving. Anyway. <clears throat> Pickle? Yes. Hit the air ride sign. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, a lot to overreact to. A lot to overreact to. A mm-hmm. lot to overreact to. Start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, districts in disarray. It's weird that we are in week 
eight now of Texas high school football, although it's only week four for the big schools, and so we're kind of in a mishmash. Confusion. But we are at a point where we are having a fair number of district games that are mm-hmm. coming out. And the thing that struck me this weekend about the results were that we suddenly have some districts that are thrown up in the air. I'll give you a perfect example, okay? That perfect example is what happened in District 8-5A Division 1. This is going to be a little 8-5A Division 1 or 5A Division 1 heavy, but in 8-5A Division 1, that is the, uh, that's the, the district in Region 2 that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. But um, Magnolia takes down College Station, okay? Meanwhile, Magnolia West beats Lufkin. That district was always going to be a bit of a mess because I think you've got about six teams of those nine that are really tightly packed. And I think the way you're seeing, uh, we thought maybe College Station was going to rise above all of them, mm-hmm. n- at least not so early. And so suddenly, 8-5A Division One is thrown into disarray. Here's one that flew under the radar for people, okay? Let's go to the 6A ranks and let's go to 26-6A. That is the Westlake Lake mm-hmm. Travis district. And you're thinking... What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> the big deal here is Austin High's crazy comeback win over Austin Bowie. Mm-hmm. And again, you're thinking, what's the big deal? Like, I don't, I don't care. Here's why you should care. First of all, it's a crazy comeback win for Austin High. Yes. Very good win for big time. quarterback Charles Wright and company. But with Austin Del Valley teetering a little bit and Austin Bowie now suddenly 0-1 in district play, we are now looking at maybe Bowie and Del Valle both missing the playoffs. And you're thinking to yourself, again, Tepper, I'm waiting for the point where you make me care. Mm -hmm. Here's the point that you should care. If neither Del Valle or Bowie make the playoffs, Westlake goes to the Division I bracket Mm -hmm. alongside Lake Travis and up there with all those those teams, right? That would be a huge shift. It would suddenly... Blow open the Division Two bracket. Yep. So that's a huge result from Friday night that maybe people didn't notice. And then, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the other drama in Region Two of Five A Division One, which was the Denton Ryan situation. Denton Ryan, if you haven't heard, Denton Ryan is now going to have to forfeit those two district games. They yes. Forfeited this past week uh, against Frisco Reedy. They will forfeit on Friday against Denton. They are zero and two in district play. That has huge ramifications. Of the ramifications that it has, obviously they they now are fighting to to make sure that they finish second or third in that district. The likelihood of them winning the district with two losses is is pretty low. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. The other part of it that I think people are m- mistaking because look, if Den Ryan gets into the playoffs, they're going to be fine. I think oh, they're yeah. really they're the number one team in five A Division One. Spoiler alert for the rankings later. <laughs> because of that, though, what if this happens again? What if Denton Ryan in week 10 has an outbreak and they have to forfeit two more games? Mm -hmm. You could be, realistically, this is not like fiction. This is like way out there fiction. It's a possibility. You could have a situation where you have the number one ranked team in 5A Division I undefeated miss the playoffs. That's a real possibility. Yeah. So suddenly, even in week eight, we have districts in disarray. Thought number two, sometimes coaching is overrated. It's really weird that over the course of watching college football this weekend, everyone, everyone was really quick 
even more so than usual, to associate big wins or big losses with the coaches. head coach. Yeah. Perfect example is what happened at A&M. Yep. A&M beats Florida in a really fun back-and-forth game. They went on a late field goal. And suddenly, I'm hearing, that's the signature win for Jimbo Fisher. Okay. I mean, I mean it's a, yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, I, I think that that doesn't necessarily change the way Shouldn't I think about Jimbo be, Fisher. I thought yeah. Jimbo Fisher was a pretty good coach. I still think he's a pretty good coach. I don't know why he needed a signature win. Same thing on the other side of that Lone Star rivalry. With Texas, they lose a wild one to Oklahoma, and suddenly it's like, boy, is Tom Herman on the hot seat? He couldn't beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Tom Herman's not out there playing. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden it's 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 entirely on Tom Herman. If we want to talk about the problems at Texas, we can certainly talk about it. For example, I don't think they've been very good at developing their talent. I think they've really kind of gotten by on high-powered recruiting classes and haven't done a ton with them. We can talk about that. But I'm just like, the the immediate reaction to go there. The other one was, I thought, that with Tex lost to Kansas State mm-hmm. or Iowa State. Iowa State. Tex lost to Iowa State. Be like, oh, man, is this problem for Matt Wells? Why is it suddenly a problem for Matt Wells? Like, why do we immediately assume that a win or a loss is a reflection entirely of a coach and not of the players? Well, and that's my thing is I get, like, the trends of stuff. Like, yeah, Tom Herman's not necessarily, like, Texas isn't doing very well. But the thing with me is always people that flip-flop every single week of, yes. oh, yeah, no, he's fine. We want him to stay if he would have beat Oklahoma. If yeah. he doesn't, oh, my God, he's the worst coach ever. Like, I get Sam that Ellinger. you see the trends, but don't sit there and flip-flop every single week. It doesn't make sense. Sam Ellinger throws an interception in the end zone in the game. If that goes for a touchdown, they go and win the in, mm-hmm. in double overtime. Are we still having the same conversation? If, if Seth Small's field goal for Florida against Florida mm-hmm. sails wide and they get beaten overtime... Are we still having this conversation? Yep. Just seems a little weird. And thought number three, the elephant in the room. So, last week was a very bad week for high school football and coronavirus. Let's call it what it is. It was a bad week. We estimate that somewhere between 10 and 12% of all the games across the state of Texas were either canceled or postponed. 10 to 12%. And obviously, there's also the high-profile ones. Allen, we lost Allen Cedar Hill. Uh, we lost uh, Prosper and DeSoto. We lost Richmond Foster, Katie Pato. We lost Mark Bremond. We lost a lot of high-profile games. But it's both the high-profile and the density and the rate. This is not good. If this is the peak, if this is as bad as it gets, it's not good but we can power through it. It's not good, but uh, okay, we'll make it we'll make it work in my mind. If the trend line continues, because make no mistake guys, the trend line is going this way. If the trend line continues, we're in trouble. Plain and simple. Not trying to be a fearmonger, I'm telling you the truth. We lost between 10 and 12% of the games, one out of every 10. That's not sustainable. That's not good. And 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 so it's 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 something to, to watch and it's something to make sure you're doing your small part. Because we are this is a an inflection point. 
in my mind. This is an inflection point. And if we don't do what we can right now to contain it, then we're going to head down a very bad path that is going to end with a lot of people upset. Right, because you can continue to reschedule these games and forfeits and stuff, but it comes a point in time where you get down to the playoffs and deep into the playoffs, you cannot reschedule these games. We're running out of time. You, there's nothing you can do at that point. We're running out of time. We're running out of days on the calendar to get this thing under control. And this was a discouraging week, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't start getting better, if it doesn't start at least at least flattening out and stop going up like this, then we're in trouble. Those are my three big thoughts. Helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Marshall quarterback Brent Burris. He went 22 of 35 for 439 yards and four touchdowns. That's a new school record for passing yards in a game. Congratulations to Marshall quarterback Brent Burris. A helmet sticker for Houston wide receiver Marquez Stevenson. We finally got to see him on the field, and he showed us why he's one of the best receivers in the state. Looked fantastic. Pair of receiving touchdowns in their big win over Tulane. Came out of the gates a little bit scuffily for Houston, but they were able to figure it out. Helmet sticker for one for him. And a helmet sticker for camp kicker Tenley Anthony. Tenley Anthony kicked a game-winning 30-yard field goal as time expired to give Kemp a 37-35 win on Thursday night. And it was her first field goal attempt of the season. She had not kicked a field goal. She had not kicked a football until three weeks ago. And she kicks the game-winning 30-yard field goal for Kemp. Uh, a helmet sticker for Kemp kicker Tenley Anthony. Three teams to worry about. Let's worry a little bit about San Angelo Central. Uh, they are now now part of it is that they played a very tough uh, Anum Consolidated team, and I want to make sure we're we're sensitive to that because I think that that's a that's a good Anum Consolidated team. I don't think that they are. Uh, I don't think they're lunch meat, but they are now. The plain and simple fact of the matter is that San Angelo Central is now zero and three. They're zero and three on the year, and uh, there are you know suddenly by the way now they uh, they take on Abilene this week in their district opener. And if they're 0-4 after this week, we're going to have some mm-hmm. conversations about this. Uh, there was a close loss to AM Consolidated, but the defense has got to figure something out. Um, yes, so worry a little bit about San Angelo Central. Let's worry about our friends at North Texas. I sat here on this show, and I told you that uh, being a home underdog to Charlotte was a bad sign. Uh, and then they went and lost uh, to Charlotte. Uh, it, it feels like... Now, they've obviously got bigger issues within their own program um, with COVID and stuff like that, but uh, pretty discouraging to see North Texas, a team we were hoping to have a a nice bounce-back season, um, doing what they're doing right now. Disappointing for North North Texas. And then uh, Denton Ryan. We mentioned them in the Open. Um, Again, this, this to me, just removes that safety net that Mm -hmm. this can't happen again because if it happens again, it has major statewide implications. Three teams to watch. We mentioned him, Austin High, the Maroons. Charles Wright leads a crazy comeback, throws three touchdowns in the final eight minutes, including the, plus the game-winning two-point conversion as Austin High stuns Austin Bowie. Great win for them. UTSA, I know they lost to BYU, but it is very clear what UTSA is right now. What UTSA is, is a team that is going to muck up your game plan mm-hmm. and make you play their game. Now, look, they didn't win it, and that doesn't mean they're going to go undefeated, obviously. I mean, they lost the game. But what I'm saying is they are going to be in every game, it seems like. Mm-hmm. They're going to muck it up and keep everything close and make you make you make a couple plays to beat them. And in Jeff Trailer's first year, I don't feel like you could ask for much no. more than that. I think, that they, I think you're talking about a first year 
under coach trailer and they're competitive in every game they're competitive against a team that was beating the tar out of people yeah I would say a really, really impressive result for UTSA, even in a loss. And Holiday. Holiday has COVID-19 issues. Mm -hmm. They apparently quarantined their varsity team and ran up to play Valley View in their district game against, uh, in a district game with their JV squad and won. <laughs> Eight to six. That's awesome. <laughs> Not pretty, but effective. It's a baseball score. <laughs> team to keep an eye on in Holiday. That... It's three teams to watch. That is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Subscribe. That is our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com. Uh, please go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the head coach of the 6-1 and one Aubrey Chaparrells. We are joined by Coach Keith Ivey. Coach, how are you? Oh, doing great. How about you guys? Uh, we are doing just fine. I can imagine that this uh, this past weekend and this uh, this has been a this has been a pretty pretty nice uh, post game for you. Very exciting weekend, nonetheless. I guarantee you, there's a a lot of excitement in Aubrey, Texas, right now. Uh, absolutely. For those who don't know, you guys, uh, Aubrey, in their district opener, District Four Four A Division Two, you guys uh, rattle off uh, sixteen unanswered points in the third quarter. Uh, hold off a Salina rally, and you beat Salina for the first time since 1993, 36-27. Um, I guess my going into that game, I know that I know that coaches like to say every game you just want to go 1-0, but did this have a special uh, – was it a special week? Was it an important week for you guys? Were you guys talking about making sure you go out there and get this, this, this win because of everything that it means? You know, it was a huge win for us, obviously, uh, you know, opening up district and, you know, on top of that, just opening up with a slant of Bobcats. Um, you know, they, they, they have a great program over there. Coach Elliott does a good job with them. And, you know, our kids were just ready. Uh, they're ready to get a win against Salina. Uh, they, they battled them a lot of different years in there, but just haven't had a lot of success. So, you know, this was a year we, we, we have a good senior group that, uh, that leads our team and uh they have had a little bit of success in the past at the sub varsity level um but you know they put together a great game the other night and, and played their tails off and you know they got that win uh you know you guys are coming off now back-to-back -back wins uh over good teams in close games uh you guys go and you beat godly 45 to 40 a couple of weeks ago and then of course this this tight win this nine point win over salina um do you do you sense within your team that if you guys are close, you're going to find a way to pull it out? Is that something? Is that is that uh, maybe a skill that you think that this team suddenly has? Well, it really is, Greg. I, you know, it's in the past two years. You know, we it, it seemed like we we just kind of find a way to lose those tight games like that. And in this group, uh, you know, they're able to fight through some adversity throughout a, a 48 minute ball game and. And just find a way to get it done in the end, and and that says a lot about their character uh, and who they are. Just the grit of the, the overall football team. 
We're talking with Keith Ivey, the head coach of the Aubrey Chaparrales here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation and hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, I want to ask you a, a little bit about uh, your quarterback. Uh, Jackson Holder came through in, in a big way for you guys uh, on, on Friday night. I know that he's a key part of your team. Uh, I can I can look at the, the numbers and I can tell you that he's a, that he's a good player, but, but as the guy uh, who coaches him, as a guy who sees him every day in practice, what is it about Jackson Holder that, that makes him special? Well, Jackson, you know, he's just a leader on and off the field for us. He's a three-year starter and uh, extremely intelligent player, has a, a very high football IQ. And, you know, he's a dual-threat kid. He, he can run, run the ball as well as throw it and, uh, you know, just operates our, our offense at a high level. He, um, you know, has the trust of his players around him um, and, and, and those players following as well. So, he, he's special, you know. He, he's really like having another coach on the field. Um, he, he sees things out there, and uh, he's able to make some adjustments and uh, you know help us out in our game plan each and every week. And he, he he's just a great football player, and we're 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 thankful that we we have him back for a third season. Uh, you guys are coming off of a, a five and seven year uh, last year, a, a three and eight year year before. This has been a team that's that's been trying to to improve, maybe steady improvement, but uh, hasn't been able to, to break through. Obviously, this year at six and one so far, uh, and most importantly, one and zero in district. You guys have found a way to break through. What is it maybe about this team uh, that maybe is a little bit different from the past couple of years? Well, I think this group is uh, extremely tight-knit. I think the chemistry of the team is is better than what it's been the, the, the last several years. You know, we have a good mix of, uh, you know, our senior leadership as well as, you, you know, we have a good mix of our, our juniors and sophomores. We have five five uh, sophomores that are starting for us right now that have, that have come up and contributed uh, in a big way. And, and they get along with each other. They fight for each other. They love each other. And, and – uh, you know, to me, that's just the difference in it. Uh, is just the family atmosphere. Uh, but it's no rest for y'all this week. Uh, after taking down Salina, now you guys uh, get to go on the road and take on. I would say one of the maybe a surprise undefeated right now in Sanger. The Indians at six and zero, feeling good about themselves. Uh, I know you're already working on, on what you guys are, are going to do on Friday night, but don't ask you to give away your game plan. But when you take a look at what you're going to be up against on Friday night against Sanger, uh, what do you see? Well, Sanger's a good football team. They, they, you know, Coach Smart's done a good job over there. Uh, he has turned that club around. Um, they're playing at a high level right now. You know, you you hear some talk out there about their schedule and this and that, and who they played or haven't played, and, and and really we we don't get into all that. We care less who they're playing. We we just know they're playing at a high level. Uh, they're winning games, and uh, you know, right now they seem to be playing with a ton of confidence. You know, just seeing them on video and. Uh, they, you know, they've got the Welburn kid, Talon, uh, who is a, a, a big beast back there as their running back. You know, he's a big kid, tough to bring down. Uh, they have uh, Rylan Smart, Coach Smart's son, a quarterback. He does a good job operating the offense. Uh, you know, and the big thing defensively, they seem to be physical and run to the ball. So it'll be a big test for us, I know that. And, and we look forward, look forward to going over there Friday night and getting after it. He's Keith Ivey. He's the head coach of the Aubrey Chaparrales at 6-1 and one on the year, and most importantly, 1-0 and oh with that big win over Salina on Friday night. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the fantastic win Friday night and the great start, and uh, best of luck Friday night against Sanger. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. There he goes. Keith Ivey, head coach, Aubrey Chaparrales. Join us here. One loss on the year, by the way, is to Caddo Mills, and Caddo Mills is undefeated. Yes. So 
they look, this is a, a team that suddenly, and I'll tell you, look, obviously Sanger is going to be a big test for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll also be saying, I think this will be Sanger's toughest game of the year so far. Uh, if you win that, you're, you're, you're talking about, you're rolling. You're talking about district championships. You know what I mean? And I would need to look this up the last time they won a district title. It's probably been a minute. Um, you know, cause they, they often get, get lumped into, um, that, um, they often get lumped into that, uh, that, that Salina district. Last time they won a district championship, I am seeing here. What does that mean? Hold on. Make sure. Yeah. Hold on. The last time I'm seeing for Aubrey to win a district championship is never. So that's a thing. Well, yeah, they have never won a district talk championship. Talk about going from just having a good season to actually making big old history. Kind of wish I would have known that before I had interviewed Coach. I was I should look that up. <laughs> yeah, um, Capital go, J Journal gunning for gunning for their first state cha- or district championship, uh, and and suddenly in the driver's seat as they take down Aubrey. We appreciate Coach Keith Ivey hopping on with us. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press. Uh, we have put out the state's uh, most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades, and we have been the official AP partner since 2019. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. Winkley rankings are revealed live on TexasFootball.com every Monday at 1215. That is a lie on our website. <laughs> lie on our website. 1226-ish uh, on TexasFootball.com. Time to get to your Week 8 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings we will start in class 6a 6a not a ton of movement altogether south lake carroll tumbles from number seven or to number 13 with their loss uh, to rockwall uh, rockwall leapfrogs them from number 13 up to number 12 in that close win but a great win uh, for rockwall uh, a lot of a lot of the rest of it is changed duncanville despite their loss to img academy stays the same at number two elsewhere uh, down at the uh, down at the bottom of the rankings, re-emerging into the rankings after a nice win over Temple, Arlington Martin back into the rankings at number 25. Otherwise, a lot of chalk in the 6A rankings. To 5A we go, where number 8 College Station drops out. Everything else relatively the same. Denton, Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, Richmond Foster, Manville, Cedar Park, Longview, uh, Coronado up a spot to number 8. Frisco Lone Star gets their first win of the year. They are up a spot to number 9. And new to the rankings, number 10, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial into the rankings at number 10. I should mention, by the way, that uh, the way that we are going to treat forfeits is that obviously it will count into the rankings, but because these are not reflections of the quality of the teams, largely they will they will be treated as no contest for rankings purposes, but will go down as a loss in the record column. 5A Division Two, we go, where Bernie Champion at number 8 drops out. That uh, nudges Texas High from number 8 to number 10. Top 7 unchanged, Ennis Alito, A&M Consolidated, Wichita Falls Rider, Fort Bend, Marshall, Frisco. Uh, new to the rankings, you thought they were going away, huh? Yeah. Liberty Hill into the rankings at number 10 at 3-0 with a 76-0 win over Austin Crockett. To 4A, 
we go. The top nine entirely unchanged. Argyle Lane, Passes, Waco, La Vega, Port Lavaca, Calhoun, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, Canyon, Melissa, Andrews, and El Campo. But new to the rankings, back into the rankings, Paris at number 10. Their 50 to nothing win over Carrollton Ranchview earns them the number 10 spot. To 4A Division 2 we go, where largely the same. 1 through 9 unchanged. Carthage, West Orange Shark, Pleasant Grove, Jasper, Belleville, China Spring, Gilmer, Iowa Park, and Wimberley. But back into the rankings at number 10, Salado. They beat Waco Connolly 20-15 to to earn the number 10 spot in our 4A Division 2 rankings. Into 3A we go, where... No, almost entirely chalk. The big, the only move here is that Lano, their win over Comfort, forty-nine to seventeen, nudges them ahead of Wall, who did win big over San Angelo TLC. But Lano's win was certainly more impressive. At six and zero, they move up a spot to number eight. Wall down a spot to number nine. Everything else unchanged. In three A Division two, it is again just a lot of switching here. Poth jumps ahead of Idle East Bernard with their 49-10 win over over uh, George West. They are up to number four. Uh, also, uh, I believe there's one more. No, that's it, I guess. Uh, everything else is the same. Childress uh, still holds on to that number 10 spot. Everyone else unchanged. Two, 2A Division One we go. Where? One through nine, unchanged. Shiner, Refurio, Post, Lindsay, Joaquin, San Saba, Crawford, Timpson, and San Augustine. But back into the rankings at number 10, Cisco. 28-14 winner over Winters at 3-3. Three and three. They are back into the top 10 at number 10. To 2A Division 2 we go, where entirely chalk. Everyone was either idle or a winner. Mart still your number one team in 2A Division 2. To 1A we go. The six-man rankings helped to compile by our friend, uh, Granger Huntress at sixmanfootball.com. A little bit of changes here. Borden County's big kind of makeshift win over Jonesboro gets them up to number three ahead of Idle Rankin. May nudges up a spot ahead of Idle Happy with a 49-0 win over Gorman. Union Hill nudges ahead of Lakey to move into number seven with their win over Fort Worth Classical Christian. Knock City up a spot to number nine. And new to the rankings at 5-0, and the Patriots of Turkey Valley. 5-0, and big 48-0 win over McLean. 1A Division 2 we go, where again, just kind of a little bit of shifting, 1 through 4 unchanged, Balmeray, Richland Springs, Calvert, or Motley County, and Calvert in the top 4, Jayton is idle, but they jump up a couple of spots ahead of Groom and Klondike, new to the rankings, at number 8, Anton, the Bulldogs beat Whit Harrell 67-22, impressive, they take the number 8 spot ahead, uh, as Strawn goes up there to number 9, Follett drops a couple of spots to number 10. Into the private school ranks we go. Top five unchanged. Parish Episcopal, Fort Worth Nolan, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill, Plano John Paul II, and San Antonio Cornerstone, all winners in their respective games. And in the six-man ranks, also the same. Austin Veritas, uh, Fredericksburg Heritage, New Braunfels uh, Christian, rather, Dallas Lake Hill, and Bastrop Tribe consolidated all either winners or idle. There they are, your Week 8 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. You can find those on texasfootball.com slash rankings. Also, Pickle, let me do this read. I got it. Hold on. Do, 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 do. And action. In celebration of 100 years of UIL Texas high school football, the UIL and Dave Campbell's Texas football have teamed up to honor the best, the brightest, and the most unforgettable icons and legends in the sport's illustrious history. With the help of some of the state's foremost experts and historians, the UIL and Dave Campbell's Texas football will honor 100 of the greatest players to ever suit up in Texas, 100 of the finest teams to grace the gridiron, and 100 of the most fabled rivalries that give the game its one-of-a-kind flair. 
Each week throughout the 2020 season, Dave Campbell's Texas Football will announce 10 honorees for that week's list, an indelible honor to be known as one of the greatest in Texas high school football history. Fans will then have the opportunity to weigh in, voting for the player, team, and rivalry they think should be the best of the best to be named to the Fans' Choice Top 10. It all leads up to a celebration as big as Texas, celebrating UIL's 100 players, teams, and rivalries, and the Fans' Choice Top 10 in each category at the UIL Texas High School Football State Championship Games at AT&T Stadium in Arlington this December. You can vote at texasfootball.com slash UIL100. We will start with this week's entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Players list, where the players joining this illustrious list include Big Sandy running back David Overstreet, Hooks running back Billy Sims, Temple Dunvar defensive lineman Mean Joe Green, Port Arthur Lincoln running back Little Joe Washington, Robstown offensive lineman Gene Upshaw, Killeen Ellison defensive lineman Tommy Harris, San Antonio Jefferson linebacker Tommy Nobis, Stanford wide receiver James Washington, Richardson Pierce defensive lineman Ray Childress, and Amherst running back and linebacker Dwayne Miles. Vote for who you think should be the fans' choice top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL100. From players to teams we go, the new members of the 100 Years 100 Teams list. 2005, Southlake Carroll. 1994, Stephenville. 1974, Cuero. 2018, Galena Park North Shore. 1943, San Angelo. 1976, Marathon. 1921, Bryan. 1962, Jacksboro. 2003, Galena Park North Shore, and 1944, Port Arthur. Vote for the team you believe deserves a spot on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL100. And finally, the UIL 100 Years 100 rivalries. Got some big ones here. Gregory Portland versus Corpus Christi Cal Allen. Lufkin versus Nacogdoches. Alice versus Kingsville King. Newton versus Kirbyville. Fort Stockton versus Pecos. Mejia versus Grosbeck, Bront versus Robert Lee, Anson versus Hamlin, Grand Celine versus Van, and Hamlin versus Stamford. You can vote for which of these rivalries deserves a spot on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL100. That's where you can also find more information about the UIL 100 Years celebration at texasfootball.com slash UIL100. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Yes? Almost there. Oh, I thought you had something to say. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Texas Bowl is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at 12.35 p.m. and 27 seconds, <laughs> TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you at TexasFootball.com to vote for which player you think should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your week eight, or your week seven, rather. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Richardson Pierce quarterback Burke Wahlberg threw for 509 yards and seven touchdowns through the air, added a rushing touchdown for good measure. Lubbock Estacado running back Antoine Jones ran for 217 yards and two touchdowns rushing and caught an 82-yard touchdown pass. Montgomery wide receiver Trey Harden, nine catches, 382 yards and three touchdowns receiving for the Montgomery wide receiver. Crosby quarterback Daniquez Dunn, 
361 yards and two touchdowns passing, 102 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Albany running back Coy Lefevre, nine carries, 190 yards, and six touchdowns. Oh, my God. Holy cow. Nine carries. Arlington Sam Houston defensive back JV on Carr had 22 tackles, three pass breakups, and a forced fumble. Holy defense. Bell's running back and free safety Bo Baker. He had 214 yards and four touchdowns on the ground, a 34-yard touchdown reception, and four tackles and two interceptions defensively for the Bell star. Spring quarterback Bishop Davenport, 348 yards and two touchdowns passing, 130 yards and three touchdowns on the ground for Bishop Davenport of Spring. What about Raymondville athlete Zavarian Armendariz? He ran for 265 yards and four touchdowns. He caught five passes for 92 yards and two touchdowns, and he threw for 15 yards just for funsies. <laughs> because why not? And finally, Junction athlete Will Castleberry had eight catches for 233 yards and three touchdowns through the air, and he had six tackles, an interception, and a pass breakup for Junction athlete Will Castleberry. So those are your week seven Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote now at texasfootball.com. Finally, Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 7, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Trey Brooks from Rockwall. In his first season at the helm, Coach Brooks has Rockwall once again flying high at a 3-0 start after a 44-42 upset win over Southlake Carroll on Thursday. In 5A, Blake Joseph from Magnolia West. The Mustangs opened up District 8 5A Division 1 play with a bang, stunning, heavily favored Lufkin, 37-20 to improve to 2-1 on the season. They hand Lufkin their first district loss since 2007. In 4A, LZ Barnett from Wilmer Hutchins. After seeing his team uh, have their Week 1 game canceled, Coach Barnett's squad saw this week's game canceled as well. Undeterred, Coach Barnett relentlessly worked the phone and got his team a game with 5A Dallas White on Friday night, or Wednesday night. Then, Coach Barnett's squad delivered, holding on for a 29-26 win to open their year. In 3A, Louis Rodriguez from Bishop. Coach Rodriguez had to wait until October 8th to coach his first game as a head coach due to the impacts of COVID-19 in South Texas. However, the Houston native made a triumphant return leading the Badgers to a 28-20 win over Hebronville. In 2A, Stacey Ward from Lockney. Coach Ward's Longhorns continue to amaze as they improved to 6-0 in the year with an emphatic 38-8 win over Crosbyton to open up District 5, 2A Division 1 play. In 1A, Dale Means from Blackwell. In his first season at the helm, Means has the Yellowhammer surging at 6-0 after a 48-36 win over Sanderson, the program's best start to a season since moving up to 6 Minpal in 2012. In the private school ranks, Daniel Novikov from Dallas Parish Episcopal. In a critical district showdown on the road, Novikov put his Panthers in a position to win late as Preston Stone find, found Jay Moore for a game-winning 25-yard touchdown with four seconds left to edge past Midland Christian 34-32. So those are your Week 7 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right, you got anything? It's time for a crawl. It's time to crawl. 
Let's go to our campus crawl, our roundup of the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. Per usual, they're in a mystery order. If you can guess the mystery order, we will say you're right. Maybe. And we don't say that often. I certainly don't say it's pickle. He, he never, not once. Not even once. You're right. I never say that. <laughs> Let's start with Texas State. They go on the road and lose to Troy, 37-17. I'm not real sure what we expected. It's a little bit disappointing to see the defense kind of collapse, um, especially from a passing perspective. But I think we just kind of know that Texas State's secondary is going to leave a lot to be desired if they're not pressuring with the front four. They're not going to be able to, to hold down offenses. Um, the, the quarterback just continues to be a mystery, man. Brady McBride was not good in this game. Mm-mm. Playing simply for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and, and the running game was okay with Calvin Hill and Jamil Jeter. They got Brock Sturgis involved, but playing simple, they just didn't like they didn't have enough offense, and a lot of that comes back to the, the quarterback. It's a lot of the same problems that they've had all season long. So uh, the quarterback position continues to be an issue for Texas State. They fall to 1-4 and four in the year, and they now get South Alabama on the road mm-hmm. 11 a.m. next week. Next up, North Texas, and we will – Give it over to our chief North Texas correspondent, Ashley Pickle. They just look lost. I mean, yeah, like you said earlier, yes, there's there's stuff going on in the program with COVID and, and injuries and all of that, and so I, I get that, but I feel like that at this point is still even – that would just be making an excuse. They look lost. The defense can't stop anything. The, the offense has flashes here and there, but just the defense not being able to stop anything thought, is what really hurts them. I thought Austin Ani was okay in this game. Yeah. I mean, he, the numbers are going to be good, but they were also playing from behind most of the game, right. so they were going to throw. I mean, they only ran the ball – um, designed runs, 23 of them. Like, this yeah. is, you know, they threw the ball 43 times. Um, He's got an arm. He does. He has an arm. But and the, he can connect with the receivers. But plain and simple, but... I mean, the defense, you can't give up 599 yards of offense. I'm no, sorry. No, not to and Charlotte. you can't give it up to Charlotte. Uh-uh. And Charlotte, Charlotte has a good running back. They're, yeah, I don't that Aaron McAllister's it, Yeah, he was, he's really he's good. good. But that's really all they had, which means that the defense should have been able to at least do something to calm yeah. him down. The turnovers kill him on offense, too. Someone has to figure out how to hold on to the ball. Yeah, they, they end up uh, turning the ball over It's just It's rough in Denton right now. They lose 49-21. All right, next up, UTEP. Yeah. All right, Two. guys, I know they lost 21-17. But... <laughs> But <laughs> guys, like this team's not bad. No, they're really not. They're really not bad. Um, this is a team that they have an identity. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to hold down this uh, this this you know this Louisiana Tech offense, which has been really good. They held them to just over two hundred yards. Yeah, and that that's hard to do. Yes. against any Louisiana Tech team. If they don't turn the ball over twice. Utah's probably winning that game. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that they have figured it out. The, the, the running game has been the biggest disappointment because mm-hmm. it hasn't been what we thought it was was going to be. But overall, look, that ain't bad. I think if you're I think if you're Utah, you go on the road. I mean, that is a game that past Utah teams lose seventy to thirty. Oh, one hundred. Not even. No, I'm sorry, seventy to fourteen. Yeah, they don't get thirty points. They get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Instead, they held in and they were in that game late. I would say that's a pretty good result for Utah. Next up, Texas. What a game. Well, it's a wild one. You can't say anything <laughs> you didn't get your money's worth. What a game. Um, 
it's hard to know where to start because, yeah. like, honestly, let's be real. Texas got their butts whipped for most of that game. Oh, and 110%. OU, and OU let them back in the game. So, on one hand, you give them credit for, for, holding, for, for putting it together late and finding a way to claw back into the game, mm-hmm. right? You give them credit for that. The defense continues to be an issue, and that is against a team in Oklahoma who doesn't know who their quarterback is. They throw in Tanner Mordecai at one point. Right. Just give him a spark. This is just not... Like, right now, the defense is just not very good. Mm-hmm. The offense is solid, mm-hmm. but not so good that they can bail them out of every situation. Right, and I this team just cannot play a a full game you do not see the full 60 minutes out there and it's just one of those things that they cannot continue to try and win the second half the whole time and dig themselves in a hole that they can't get out of so they they fall down they fall down 10 nothing Mm -hmm. okay claw back give up 14 on answer in the third quarter yep and then it looks like they're dead to rights with about five minutes left they're down 14 and then they end up a miraculous comeback yeah they just overtime losing quadruple overtime they gotta play a whole game yeah the bottom line is that they have not been like now if you want to say if you want to say that the first and the third quarters are coaching quarters because that's when you can most have your adjust you have most of your game plan and your adjustments in there well then they got outscored 24 nothing in those two quarters. Mm-hmm. If you want to point to that, I'm willing to hear that argument. But the bottom line is that this is a this is a Texas team that had no business losing to Oklahoma, let alone more or less getting their butts kicked by Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they did. So it's disappointing for Texas. And I know Austin is burning today. Yes. Let's go to Texas Tech. I don't know, man. I think that I, I like I want to blame. Partially, I want to blame the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think the offensive line is not as good as they need it to be. Mm-hmm. They're not running the ball effectively as consistently as they should. I also wonder if Alan Bowman's taking a step back. Yeah. He was not good in this game. They end up throwing Henry Columbia in there for a little bit. You, I, I wonder if it's a fear of getting hurt, to be I honest don't know. with you. I don't know if he's hearing footsteps or something like, like that. But the offense is not where it needs to be. The defense, look, I mean, Brock Purdy kind of... The numbers are better than Brock Purdy actually played, mm-hmm. in my mind. Uh, Brock Purdy threw a couple of long passes that kind of buoyed the, the, his numbers. But overall, you know, they gave up 135 yards to Brees Hall on the ground. This is a tech team that just doesn't do anything particularly well. No. Like, they're okay on defense. Like, they're better than they have been. They're okay on defense. But the problem is that they're only, that works if you're really good on offense. And right now, the offense is not where it right. needs to be. Mm-mm. Um, disappointing from Tech, and they are now one and three, and they are zero and three in conference, and now they play West Virginia. And the Big Twelve is a dumpster fire. And the Big Twelve's just god awful. But at least we have the AAC. Let's talk about Houston. And this is a Houston team that actually played. They played first wow. and foremost. Credit to them for actually playing a game. They moved to one and zero on the year. And look, it was ugly early. It was ugly. Yeah. They did not. They. You know what it was. It, they looked like a team that, that hadn't, hadn't played, played for a game six yet. Weeks. Yeah. They looked like a game that team that hadn't played a game yet. But they settled in, and you saw that offense start to cook. You saw what they're talking about with Clayton Toon. They think Clayton Toon can be the guy there, mm-hmm. and he looked really, really solid. Yeah. Uh, the defense started. Uh, you know, the defense was was able to start making plays. By the way, they 
they lost the turnover margin five to nothing and still ran away with them. Yeah. Now I don't think Tulane's a world beater. I want to be very clear about right. that. But for a first first look at this team, not bad. We mentioned Marquez Stevenson in the open. Marquez Stevenson's awesome. He remains mm-hmm. awesome. I want to see them get more of a consistent running game. That's nitpicking. You don't look a 49-31 season opening win over a conference team in the mouth. Good win. Mm-hmm. Solid. They move on. Next week they play. Hold on. Well, and real fast, too. I'm happy yeah. for Clayton Toon that he had an actual off – well, I say off season. Yeah. It was crazy. But we know his career about how it's just been all over the place. And for him to kind of know going in, like, hey, this is my team now. I'm going to be the starter. I think we can expect to see quite a bit from him. I think you're right. They get BYU next week. On Thursday night. Oh. Short week. That has that has potential to be a fairly that is, that is weirdo, good game. That is weirdo potential. <laughs> Let's talk about Baylor. Yikes. Uh, they took the week off and somehow lost their bye week. Yep. Uh, so if you didn't hear, Baylor's got an outbreak. Mm-hmm. Baylor is now, they, they paused, was this Thursday? I think Thursday. Thursday, yeah. They paused all their football activities. Unsurprisingly, it came out last night that they are going to postpone this Saturday's game against Oklahoma State. They're pushing it to December 19th. No, uh, no, December 12th. No. Pushing it to December 12th. Which is why the Big 12 championship may get pushed back. Yes. Which so is a whole other If the Big 12 issue. championship gets pushed back, then... It's the weakest state championship. It gets into the weakest state championships. A lot of things going wrong right now. A whole lot of 2020 coming out of your mouth right there. So Baylor... Um, they took the week off and somehow lost their bye week. SMU did not play. Still basking in their win. Yes. UTSA. We talked about them. This is a BYU team that had been just beating the tar out of everybody. Were they 15? Uh, yeah, 15th. They're 15th in the country, and they've been clobbering fools. Mm-hmm. Clobbering fools. But instead, UTSA bowed up, and UTSA said, all right. What you're not going to do is you're not going to run the ball as effectively as you normally do. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback, Zach Wilson, is solid, but like he's the lesser of two evils. If yes. BYU starts running the ball on you, you're toast. And they held them in check largely for most of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, again, B, the UTSA was not able to run the ball, and they put a lot on Lowell Narcisse to go out there. We saw bits of Frank Harris. Who knows what the situation is there. But bottom line is, I thought this was a solid result for UTSA at the point where they should be. They're now 3-2 uh, and two, uh, on the year. Uh, they now take on Army next week. Um, and uh, so, uh, if they can stop the run against BYU, obviously it's it's apples and oranges. Right. Because playing Army is just, you play Army and that's a singular experience to play Army or, mm-hmm. or Navy or any of those teams. But I will tell you, uh, I think the arrows pointed up on UTSA. I think it's a really, really impressive result last week on the road at Provo. Well, they're able if they're able to stop the run too. That takes them far in conference mm-hmm. USA because you can even look at mm-hmm. a team like Charlotte. Like we said, like they don't have much going for them, but they do have a running back, right. so that'll help them a lot. TCU, TCU loses to Kansas State twenty-one to fourteen, and this is kind of what happens when you ask Max Duggan to do everything. Is that he's just not going to be able to come through every time. I thought he was okay in this game. Um, if I remember correctly, I don't believe... Who had their fumble? Who had their fumble? I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. But in any case, they did not... Uh, he didn't throw any He didn't throw any interceptions. He took care of the football. Mm-hmm. But he's got to have support. And the bottom line is that if you take out Max Duggan and you take out basically like one long run from Darius Davis, they average like... 
three and a half yards per carry. They have to yeah. be able to run the ball. The defense held a minute against a backup quarterback. It sounds like Skylar Thompson, now the quarterback for Kansas State, is going to be out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Howard was able to, to – they were able to do just enough. And and look, the the bottom line of it is that this is a this is a team in, in, in TCU that is still a work in progress offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what happens whenever you play a team like Kansas State who kind of takes away, who, who kind of puts you in a position to, you've got to have guys that are not your number one option step up. They knew if we stop the run, we're going to make Max mm-hmm. Duggan beat us. Max Duggan just, you know, you can't ask him to do everything. So uh, TCU is now one and two. TCU will now play and they get a week off and they play Oklahoma. Texas a and Yeah. Well, that was fun. Wow. That was fun. And you know what? It looked like they were dead a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It looked like they were going to fall down and, and just like kind of give up. But give a lot of credit to Kellen Mond. Mm-hmm. Give a lot of credit to Isaiah Spiller, who I thought was really the engine behind that offense. Right. The defense is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. The defense is just not going to be great. They, they this just is, have to do enough. They just have to do enough. And they came up with stops when it mattered. They came up with stops when it mattered. Uh, Kyle Trask did throw for 312 yards and four touchdowns. They didn't really have an answer for him. But they played the margins game where it's like, we're right. going to go for score for score. And then we're going to get that one stop. Yep. And then we're going to we, go. We need you to do just one thing. And that's basically A it. little better than the rest. That's basically it. And they found a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's impressive. There's a lot of A&M teams in the past who wouldn't have been able to find those extra, no. th- that extra uh, oomph. But a great win for you, for Texas A&M. They're in a 2-1. Uh, now they go to Mississippi State. But, you know, it's not like they can throw. Uh, Mississippi State. But the g- good win. Good win. That was, that was what we had kind of been expecting to see from them mm-hmm. all year long. And so against a team we didn't even expect to see them exactly playing. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Good win for good win for Texas A&M. Now up to number eleven, by the way. And finally, Rice did not play and won't play this week either. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And that's your <laughs> campus crawl. Do you guess guess the mystery order? Um, we got a couple guesses here. Okay. Um, penalty yardage. No. What about defensive yards allowed? No. That's all I got for you. Fourth down conversions. Ooh, Texas that's State, nasty. That's Texas State good. has converted fourth, uh, <laughs> like six fourth downs this year. Uh, so there you go. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, to be honest, I don't think that we really have anything today. So good. We can, we can call that. i got that. a lot of work to do. Yeah. You <laughs> can do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for go. spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Aubrey coach Keith Ivey for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get a player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.